welcome in everybody. Welcome to the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. Uh, if, if this is your first time joining us, I'm so glad to have you. Welcome. Welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Josiah. I'm your uh, host, I suppose. Not sure if that's the right word for podcast, but anyway, I do most of the talking. Yeah. And then I've always got my our sound engineer and uh, technical wizard. Yes, occasional, occasional commenter. wizardry and commenting. Uh, Easton uh, Walker, Brother Walker is with us. Brother Walker. Okay, so um, the heart of our podcast here, what we mean to do is to help you in your Bible reading. Um, we are committed to the habits of the Christian life here at Cross Point Church, and uh, one of the foundational habits is Bible reading, Bible study, Bible memorization, people, if you really want to get into it, some Bible meditation. So what we do is we try to come alongside of you and help you with that uh, by just in our show, we focus on three things. We look at a verse of the day from version, uh, which is something you can download and use for free because God is good. Yeah. And uh, we take a verse of the day from the version and the version, and we um, look at it three ways. We'll look at what was intended by the original author. We'll do the best we can. You know, we, we try to keep it to 20 minutes. And then what we'll heavily look at is the context. I believe that's one of the main things missing from a lot of modern Bible reading. If you get just one verse a day, you're always missing out on the greater context, which takes a lot of the power out of a verse, or it can actually end up really helping you misinterpret it. And uh, misinterpret Bible verses is can be very dangerous to your faith. So we just try to keep it. Uh, so anyway, we look at the context to help fill it out, and then we'll always look and see where where do we see some aspect of Jesus in these verses. I believe if you keep an eye on those three things, original audience and context and Jesus, uh, it's really going to help you in your Bible reading. Not everyone is called to be a Bible scholar. Yep, I am. I am one of those people who is not called. Me neither. I'm just a pastor, and so it's. I just love people who are called to be Bible scholars, and I gladly use their books and their materials. And and but we don't get off the hook studying and doing the best we can. So welcome in to all of you, Easton and I, both amateur Bible readers and. And perhaps you are too. So welcome to the show, and we hope to help. So today we are going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews, one of my favorite books in the New Testament. I believe it probably doesn't get read as much as it should because it is a very tightly argued and very tightly preached sermon on how Jesus Christ is superior to the Old Testament covenant. And so that's good stuff. It's really good stuff, and it's very helpful for us to understand Christ and to grow in the knowledge of him and Hebrews has some of the most powerful stuff in it to help us with our faith and perseverance and all this, but I have a feeling a lot of people check out of it because there it is a very tightly argued, very tightly written, dense letter. So I'm, I love it that we're getting in Hebrews today because I think if I can shine a little light and you, you say, man, you know what? I did like Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, which is what we're doing today. And you'll say, you know, if I liked 10 and 23, maybe I'll like the rest of it. And that's right. Okay. So I hope to um, open Hebrews up for you if, if it's never been um, somewhere where you spend a lot of time. So we'll get into it in chapter 10, verse 23. And the ESV says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Okay. I think um, first off the bat that this verse is good for a daily um, encouragement. If you already know who Jesus is and you're following him and you're trying to live for him, then reading Let Us Hold Fast, the Confession of Our Hope is pretty cool. Um, I would think you might, you know, let us hold the confession of our, I would expect faith, but I love that it says here, it's actually the confession of our hope. I love that because our world is very low on hope 
And in the face of a lot of the issues that face us here in our modern culture, I love that as Christians, we're holding on to a confession of hope. And uh, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So if you already know what you're doing and you're a follower of Christ, you're thinking, okay, God has been good to me. Jesus is faithful to me, so I'm going to keep holding on to my hope. And that's good. But I also think we could gain uh, some more strength and some more encouragement here and some more knowledge of Christ by looking at the context. Now, uh, with a comma, uh, this verse is divided into two pieces. I think you can see that at least in the ESV. First piece let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Second piece, you know, how am I going to do that? For he who promised is faithful. It's good to get that kind of inner context together for yourself when you're looking to apply verses to your life. Because for on this one, you have something you should do first. And then why or how you're going to be able to do it comes second. And when you start to pay attention to that kind of stuff, it'll keep you from wandering off and wondering, well, okay, that's fine, but how am I going to hold on to my confession of hope? I'm just a little person. I can't answer all the questions of people at work and skeptical family members and uh, hard things that are coming my way, and sometimes I lose hope. I get that. Where are you going to regain hope? Not in yourself, not in feeling better about it, not in somehow solving all the problems of America. No way. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says you're going to hold that confession of hope because he who promised is faithful. That's all you have to keep in mind. You don't have to look inside yourself or solve your problems or solve the problems of the culture. The original author of Hebrews was reminding these believers to just remember the faithfulness of God. And once you put that up against all the issues and things like that, that's why you can hold um a confession of hope without wavering. You're not hoping in yourself. You're not hoping in the culture around you. You're hoping in the faithful God who found you and who you're following in the first place, okay? So it's a it's a great verse. Now, as we always do, we want to look up a little bit. So it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, I wonder what some of that hope might be. My guess is that if we look, if we go up a few verses, he's going to be talking about some of this, okay? So let's just go up to verse 19. That's where in the ESV it kind of begins the new thought. So in 1019, it says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. There it is, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. All right. Now, you see that? That's pretty cool. We just went up a couple verses east, and all of a sudden, we're promises and hopeful things are pouring in like rain. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, when we get down to 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. All you have to do is go up a couple verses and like, hope of what? Well, here's our hope. There's a new and living way open to God because of the flesh of Jesus Christ. I didn't do it. Jesus did it. There's been a new way provided for me to have access to God, to be able to draw near to that throne of grace that's talked about um, in another place in Hebrews so that I'm not by myself anymore. So that fills in that hope that we're supposed to hold fast to that we hear about in verse 23. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I like it. So when we know what the hope is we're supposed to hold fast to, we get that we get that more it's filled in and has more information from 19 to 22. 
So don't forget that. When you go to 23, where the payoff is, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. You want to pay careful attention to 19 through 22 when it tells us the hope that we have. For instance, look again at 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. So that condemnation that hunts you down and tells you that God is separate from you and that you're not loved, um, that's a part of our hope to say, look, my conscience, my the, this conviction, this condemnation doesn't have the last word. But instead, the blood of Jesus Christ and my faith in him has the last word, okay? So that's let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. Then um, 23 tells us what we're supposed to do in our individual faith. We're supposed to hold fast the confession of hope. And, and not waver. And then verse 24 um, pushes the Hebrew believers out to what they should do for one another, where it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So you have your hope that you're supposed to hold fast to is filled in at the beginning. That is the hope uh, knowing that you've been reunited with God, that you have a high priest um, in Jesus Christ who is representing whoever lives to make uh, intercession for us. And then from there you have this, okay, if I have that hope and I hold fast to it, then I need to move out to others. Consider how I can stir other people up to good works, and I should not neglect uh, the meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day draw near. Now, uh, Easton, you had experience, uh, expressed some interest in verse 26. Yes, I have it highlighted in uh, my U version. It's kind of a flip side of it, a little mm-hmm. bit more fire and brimstone Yeah, uh, in a way. And uh, Easton, you, you, you have a nose for controversy, I've noticed. Yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, well, here's the deal. I have to let you down because our thought, uh, you know, the real context of 23 kind of ends here. He's going to bring up yeah. something new. I know. It's a new paragraph. It's a new paragraph, but I'll, I'll give a taster here for the listeners at home. It says, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. So 23 was pointing us towards hold fast to hope because Jesus died for you. But if you decide to go the other way, if you know about this hope in Christ, if you have clung to it, and instead you decide to go the other way and trust in yourself again. 26 has this warning for the Hebrew believers. If we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. It's almost an undoing of the promises from 19 Mm -hmm. to 22. It almost is, but not entirely, because it, Mm -hmm. I mean, the important word is deliberately. Yeah. Uh, it's not saying if you mess up from time to time or you just can't help yourself, you're just, you're done. Yeah. This is talking about some pretty serious, uh, serious. and uh, deliberate uh, going against what you already know. What I'd love to do is I'd like to bait the hook a little bit here. So if you guys, I wish we could get into it, but we can't because we have to stay on 23. But if you, like Easton, um, were interested and curious about what you just heard in verse 26, why don't you email us, J-S-E-R-R-A at thecrosspoint.com, and say, man, I would like to hear more about 10 and 26. That sounds cool. Let's dig into that. Well, we'll do it because we're here to serve you. So if we hear from you, we'll do it. All right. So you email us, let us know. Say, man, I have a nose for controversy just like Easton. I like doom and gloom. <laughs> I like dooming. <laughs> 
gloom. So, um, okay. Well, in 23, then, I think you can see how the context both before where our hope is is filled in and then from 24 on to 20, uh, 24 and 25 show us how to apply or, or more like how to get outside of ourselves and help others once we've hold fast the confession of our hope, then I think you're getting a good idea of how to apply a Bible verse more fully to yourself in context, okay? Now, um, the overall context of Hebrews, it was a letter written to um, a primarily Jewish audience, and I've told, said at the beginning it was meant to show that Christ is superior to the Old Covenant. And so when you've got um, these believers who are, or who are departing from the Old Covenant of law and works, and they're holding fast to Christ, you can see why um, so much of Hebrews concerns itself with why they should not be afraid and why it says they have a, a new high priest in Christ and why it says that they have access to God the Father through Christ because before they only had access through the temple, through the tabernacle, through the laws, through the sacrifices, through the priests, okay? So that's why it brings in all that imagery once you know the overall context of Hebrews, all right? So last of all, um, we want to look at verse 23 and in its context and see, can we see Jesus Christ in these verses at all? All right. I think um, if you were to hold a banner over the life of Jesus uh, and say, you know, how would you characterize his life and ministry? I could, I would say this would make a good one. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now look at this. Jesus knows he's going to the cross. All of his friends leave him, every one of them. And one of his friends, Judas, not only leaves him, but sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. Ooh. I know. Then his people, his own people, the Israelites, who were a tight group, they're supposed to be the people of God. Jesus was a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know. And uh, they say, they hold him up for trial and you know, to the Gentiles. They had uh, Romans over them. And so they, they turn Jesus over to these Gentiles and say, you know, let us put him to death. Even the Gentile ruler, Pilate, says, you know, hey, you guys deal with him. They're like, no, we need the, we need your permission to kill people, so we turn him over to you, and we want you to try him. Pilate says, well, I wash my hands of all this. You guys take and do what you want with him. And so they say, we want to crucify him. And you guys know the story. I mean, you're talking about the deepest kind of rejection. You know, Jesus losing all outward support, all outward reasons for hope, and Pretty all— bad. I know, and all he had to go on at that time was 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And the only, and we know the one reason why Jesus knew everything was going to work out was because he who promised was faithful. That was, that was Jesus' constant thing. He always tells everybody throughout the Gospels as they challenge him or threaten him. Like, for instance, when they threaten his life, he says, Pilate says, don't you know that I have the power either to crucify you or else to spare you? Jesus had been silent up till then. As soon as Pilate says, don't you know I have the right to kill you or not? Jesus speaks up and says, you have no power over me unless it was given to you for my father in heaven. Boom. I know. I love that. <laughs> if there was a microphone back then, it would have been dropped. <laughs> I know. And so that, that was Jesus' only reason there. He doesn't argue with Pilate or correct him or anything. He just says, you know, you don't have any authority except for the father. So Jesus went to the cross and knew that it was going to be okay. He faced even death because he knew one thing, you know, they'd stripped him of everything, but he knew the father was faithful. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's Jesus's life. And then it's challenging because Jesus very specifically calls us to walk the same road. He says, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. 
So if we're going to do that, it will have to be because of an unwavering hope in God the Father who's faithful. It's not going to be because our situations will always work out, our circumstances will always work out. You guys know uh, that's not true (laughs) if I told you that. Oh, it's all going to work out. No, you guys know better than that. A lot of things in your life are not going to work out. Curb your expectations. Curb them, man. Park those. Because um, it's not. a lot of things in life are not going to work out. In fact, we promise that this world is winding down. Okay, well, that does it for today. I'd love to preach more because that's what I do. But Hebrews 10 and 23, a hold fast confession, hope without wavering. You promised is faithful. Hope to see you next time. If you love the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast, why not recommend it? to a friend. Yeah, peace.